going on? It's Aria and Ryan. And we decided over winter break that we're both getting into these entrepreneurial ventures. So decided to make a podcast about it. We just want to talk about um, our journey and the process we've been through and what we'd have, what we'd have to uh, overcome and what we'd had to encounter. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think I guess we'll start it off by giving her uh, a background on ourselves and, you know, kind of our intention for this podcast and why we got into it. Uh, or you want to start? Yeah. So I, um, this winter break, I decided to take a idea um, off the ground and turn it into a business venture. Um, I'm currently in the process of establishing my business and um, the product. And we're in like the initial steps of uh, implementation. So. Well, want to give like a little bit more about your business and what exactly it is and what it's trying to accomplish? Yeah, so um, my business is called Calm Arms, and we're trying to uh, provide form-correcting uh, products. Right now, we're starting off with a, a form-correcting product for arm exercises, and hopefully, we uh, look to venture on to different exercises like squats or uh, bench press, big exercises like that. Yeah, awesome. Um, as for myself, I, I've been on a bit of a journey, so I would say that my journey really began when I graduated from high school in 2020, um, right after that, I took a gap year. My initial intention was to play junior hockey and then go on to play college hockey. However, during that process, I began reading and I really had a lot of downtime. I ended up getting COVID, so I was sidelined for a bit. I had some complications with that. And through that experience, I really got into um, a lot of mindfulness stuff. And from there, I started doing things like DoorDash. From there, I kind of learned some more about like manifestation and goal setting. And I really realized that as I looked back, there was a lot of, you know, of my peers who seemed to be going down this journey without any real sense of direction. And I felt like I was in the same boat for a little bit of time. And you know, sitting back during that gap year, it really gave me kind of a, it kind of lit a fire under my ass in the sense that, you know, in going to college, I really wanted to have a purpose and understand why I'm doing and not just go through the motions. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about this a lot more in the coming episodes. But from there, I ended up starting a landscaping business. And I also started an Instagram page, Varna Seva, for, use of, for those of you who aren't familiar. Um, Varna Seva is more of one of my long-term projects. Uh, we'll talk about that a bit down the line, but essentially I want to get into venture capital and private equity and help young entrepreneurs like Aria and myself um, during the entrepreneurial process, um, provide funding, expertise, advice, and whatsoever. Um, in addition to that, I started a landscaping company um, last year, we really did well this past summer. We just closed for the year a couple weeks ago. Um, yeah, so I'm excited to talk about a lot of the problems and, you know, things that I've learned throughout the process of building, specifically my landscaping company. I think that I've gotten more into it um, with landscaping in term, rather than Varnaseva, but kind of both. Nice. Um, you talked about the gap year, and the gap year is really insightful for me as well. Uh, I mean, um, as coming in as January admits, we were given that time off, which really seemed could have been like 
an extended summer break or it could have been like you were doing something with uh, what you had there. And uh, I decided to work uh, out in Boston, kind of like a corporate job with my cousin. And it really gave me a taste of uh, the real world, if, like if uh, that's what you want to call it. But like, um, it really gave me a taste of like what it's like being on your own and um, having a job or like being employed. Um, and like Babs, coming to Babson also reinforced that because Babson's not a traditional college and um, it really enforced that entrepreneurial spirit on me and having to like start your own venture and uh, going out and doing your own thing rather than like being employed. And um, I like doing that, but I feel like it wasn't a fit for me. So that's kind of what I discovered from the gap year. Yeah, I'm sure during the gap year too, I know this is true for myself, all of your friends must have been at school and stuff and there's probably a lot of alone time, right? Yeah, a lot of alone time, a lot of time to myself and like a lot of time for reflection and that honestly brought things out and like made it like more clear as like what I wanted to do going forward and um, that kind of like reaffirmed why Babson was the right step for me. Do you think that, you know, I know for myself that alone time really gave me an opportunity to kind of think for myself and consider my life down the line. Would you, what would you say about like the time that you had to yourself and like anything that you may have learned or any value that you may have gained from that experience in terms of, you know, just mindset or even business? Mm -hmm. Um, I'd say more on mindset. I mean, I learned, so I, I, my cousin was the CEO of her company. So I learned a little bit about the business aspect, but more about mindset and, um, just like tools to like train your mind. I mean, Typically, I used to exercise a lot in high school, but that was just for like sports reasons. And once I stopped playing sports, it like became apparent to me that exercise is a routine that's like needed in your life because um, it provides like balance and like you keep you stay in shape and that also keeps your mind sharp. And um, I also discovered meditation, which uh, also helped me keep my mind sharp and alert and just focus and having that attention span is, is a good thing to have mm. and stay consistent. Why did you first get into meditation? I'd say I got into meditation um, mostly because of my parents. They kind of like enforced it upon me. And at the time I didn't really like it because I don't like really like being forced into things. But um, as, I, as it like grew on me, I realized the purpose and why it's like important to have in your life. and to like uh, balance your life and make like give you more clarity. Um, yeah, like why did you get into meditation? I know you're pretty avid in meditation. Yeah, so I, I guess my reason for getting into meditation, um, I'd say during my gap year, it was a really lonely time for me because you know, like I said earlier, all my friends were at school, there really wasn't much going on. And you know, I kind of took a toll a little bit but I've always had, you know, throughout my whole life, I've always had just the mindset that when, when challenges arise, there's always like a way around it. So to me, this was just another, you know, that loneliness and like that pain that I experienced during that time was really just a catalyst for me to find a solution. And meditation was ultimately my solution. Um, I think during my gap year too, uh, I was dealing with more like emotional struggles so like meditation really helped with that. But I think like as I've grown, I'm, I'm sure this might be similar to you and your meditation process. I've gotten to a point where I think that 
I think that training your mind, you can kind of, you know, if you do something over and over again, like for me, like the emotional challenge that I was facing essentially don't exist anymore just because I've meditated so much and I've done so much self-reflection that I understand and I don't really emotionally connect with any situation. I mean, take that with a grain of salt. I get excited about things. I get sad about things, but I don't really let them deter my actions, which is a purpose of, you know, meditation. I learned from a guy I know you're familiar with, Jay Shetty. He talks a lot about how meditation is used to essentially calm your mind and, and like build your life in a way that is intention based rather than being emotion based. But kind of back to what I was saying earlier, I guess, as I've transitioned a lot of the challenges I'm facing now are more stress related from like business ventures. And, you know, if someone doesn't pay a bill and I have to go talk to them, like that's never a comfortable thing. So my meditation is more around, you know, keeping myself calm during like high stress situations of business. But again, it's more focused on, you know, managing like your inner weather and understanding that emotions come up, but they shouldn't deter how you act. Yeah. I think it's important to know that, um, in business, being impulsive is not not a good thing because that, that typically leads to bad uh, bad decisions and bad situations for your business. So uh, I think meditation is a great tool to like lower your impulsive nature and keep you at bay. Uh, like if you were gonna say that, and I think it's like I think it's just a good tool to calm you down. Yeah. Was there ever a moment? I mean, I know for me that there are moments in my life now that I realize that like I feel overwhelmed and I can kind of sense that like emotion coming up within me and I'm like, oh, I need to meditate. But are there times in the past where you think you've acted impulsively on something in, in retrospect or at the current moment you realize like, oh, I could be meditating right now and helping me get through this a little bit more effectively? So at the time, like, I mean, earlier in my life, I didn't really think of meditation as like a tool like that. So I wouldn't, like looking back now it'd probably be a helpful tool but uh i've definitely made a lot of impulsive decisions where i could have taken a step back and used some some more thought or some more clarity on on the decision so um i think right now looking back like meditation would have provided that clarity and um now i look at it as a tool to benefit me and mm. i didn't see it like that before yeah i think that meditation is it's considered something that's woo-woo like people i think when they hear meditation they're like oh like they might think of yoga or they may think like oh it's pretty weird but i think you know the the more you get into this space and i know for me during my gap year two one of the things that i would do is while i was driving doordash i would listen to jay shetty and he used to talk to ceos and fortin 500 owners all the time and you know i think for me i noticed that almost all of them talk about meditation and all of them are doing some type of mindfulness practice on a daily basis to help them navigate the tides of life. Because, you know, I think one of the big things I consider too when getting into business is a lot of times you'll see these ultra wealthy CEOs who are super successful in business, but they're very unsuccessful in every other aspect of their life, such as relationships with their family and, you know, so on and so forth. And they're not the highest quality people. I think that like a lot of the CEOs I listened to that were talking about meditation, they really needed to do that. Not maybe because of business. I think a lot of them, you know, they drive creativity and imagination from meditation, but also just to like keep them sane and like 
keep their morals in line. I mean, I'm not sure if that's something that like you've listened to or, or gained, but that's one of the things that I noticed with meditation for sure. I mean, yeah, definitely. I think meditation, um, it definitely helps you in those aspects because, um, like your morals are, I mean, I feel like they're in line with, um, what, like how you act and like what you believe. So meditation definitely shifts that because you have more clarity, but, um, that's an interesting perspective. Like I've never heard that perspective before. Yeah. I, I think that's like one of the biggest things that like I noticed because you know, one of the things I'd say helped me in my entrepreneurial journey is just listening to people who have been there. Mm-hmm. Um, Jay, I think Jay Shetty is like a, he's a great interviewer and he brings on like a lot of really good guests. So I think that just listening to them talk and like the more that you listen to people talk, especially when they're, you know, the highest achieving people, you just notice commonalities amongst them. And like, they all seemed like pretty similar. And, you know, from that, I was able to kind of understand and learn like how I can tailor my life in a way that is kind of in accordance with like things that they're doing to help me get to the next level and be more successful in, you know, business and family and stuff like that. See, I know you talk about podcasts. I like podcasts a lot. Like that's um, how like one of our favorite guys, Jay Shetty, gets out his, gets out his content. But uh, I also like books a lot and I picked up reading a lot more. And I think that's like, one of the big things that um you could learn through it's like a big outlet that you can learn through like podcasts better for um audio learners and books just better for uh, i guess like visual learning or like if you want to like just like picture by reading um i think that's i think um those are two great tools just for education and i think education there's like different forms of it. There's like self-taught education and there's also like school-taught curriculum-based education. And uh, I think like curriculum-based education is like kind of, uh, it's like hard to get get your mind on because it's like you're going to school for that reason. But if you teach yourself something through like a book or through like a podcast, I think it's that much more uh, important or uh, relevant in your life because then you're able to actually derive something from that. And I think that's, like, what you're getting at with all these podcasts that you should mention. Yeah, absolutely. I think that when I think of books and I think of learning and I think of, like, self-taught learning, like you just mentioned, and then the traditional educational system, I think that one of the big discrepancies is when you're doing self-taught learning, the topics that you're researching are things that you find value in your life. Mm-hmm. I think that obviously school is important to an extent, but I think that, you know, a lot of the reports from a lot of these newer, you know, the world is changing in in the terms of like the economy, like there's these influencers now, and it's, it's becoming a much different world where a lot of these higher up people are devaluing the college degree. We'll get into this different in, in a little, in a few episodes, I'm sure. But, uh, just to touch back on that point, I think that self-taught learning is much more valuable because you know especially as entrepreneurs you likely i know for myself you go out in the field and you're acting and acting and just doing all these tasks and working and i think that you know experience is probably the best teacher Mm -hmm. but then the self-taught learning is the stuff that you do when you're in the field and you're working and you run into an issue and then that's when you pick up the book like oh like my marketing sucks 
So you go and find a book on marketing. And books, there's a quote I think Arlen Moore talks about. I forget exactly what the quote is, but essentially books are a culmination of information over thousands of years of the smartest people. So if you're not reading books, you're just putting yourself at a disadvantage because you're limiting yourself to so much knowledge of some of the highest performing people who have existed throughout humanity. I mean, yeah, that's that's like, at first I had really a, a negative outlook on books because, I mean, I thought it was a complete waste of time reading books. But um, then I started discovering things I was interested in. Um, one of the like, really good books that I've read is Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty. And that really got me interested in mindfulness and um, the training your mind and being mentally sharp. And uh, I think that was like one of the leading reasons why I picked up books again. It's um, the information that has taught me. I don't think like uh, I could have found that anywhere else, like on the internet or like on TikTok or anything like that. By like reading the book and like immersing myself in what he thought, it really gave me a good perspective on um, mindfulness, basically. Yeah, I, I also read Think Like a Monk. I think it's a great book. And, you know, it's really interesting to just, I think for me, like I had never really been exposed to something like that. Um, I think that, I guess like another question I could ask you is, you know, I, I feel like a lot of people you can talk about this stuff time and time again and people can see it work, but they still won't believe it. I think that there has to be a moment in a person's life where I know there, this is the case for me where your mindset almost shifts. So I think like a, a big quote that I'm a believer in and like one of the things that I think is a challenge with content and like trying to get people to understand the message that someone's trying to put out is that you can talk about things and they can be so good time and time again but until someone is really able to shift what they believe is possible they won't really grip a certain thing so what I'm trying to get across here is that there is a moment in my life where I switched but what I believed was possible is there a moment in your life where you think you either switched what you believed was possible or you hit a roadblock or some challenge in your life where you realized that you needed to make some type of change. I, I believe that was when I came to Babson, like first got here as a student. I remember visiting E-Tower and all the kids were like, what's your venture? I was like, I need a venture. Like, what? And uh, that really shifted my mindset because that like kind of showed me that like, this is like the purpose of going here and like at like at until that point I feel like I was just going through the motions like at least academically and athletically like I was just going through the motions and just like trying to get there trying to get to the end but like here at Babson I've realized that there's like a future like for entrepreneurship and like there's a multitude of possibilities um like you could do anything with a venture and uh, you can innovate in multiple different ways and multiple different fields. And I think that that's why entrepreneurship is like the holy grail of possibilities and opportunities. Uh, I think it's really the greatest tool. Yeah, I think I think I also went to E-Tower and, you know, just the environment there, I think, is very infectious towards that like entrepreneurial spirit. 
And I think that, you know, this kind of like reminds me of like that, uh, the quote, you are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. Um, what do you think about that quote? And like, from your experience at Babson or maybe past experiences around like certain groups of people, how has that kind of impacted your life and maybe some good decisions that have happened or good things that have happened and some maybe negative experiences that have happened? Um, so that quote like makes me like reflect a lot basically because you really got to think back like who are the five people I spend the most time with like what do they do and do I like you got to really look back and be like am I a reflection of this and um, I feel like initially like I when I was in high school I thought I was gonna play college baseball and that's like I hung out with a bunch of baseball players and I tried to that was like my attitude and I tried to achieve that goal unfortunately I didn't get there but um that because I hung out with those baseball players all the time like that was my mindset like I had to be there but now I'm at Babson and the the air here is just like it's infectious with entrepreneurship and everyone's like competitive and everyone's aggressive and I feel like that rubbed off on me and that's why I like switched my mindset to be like a go-getter and try to achieve something Mm -hmm. and I think that you know when people hear that quote they automatically think to like their friends or maybe relatives cousins whatever it may be but I think a lot of times people neglect themselves Mm -hmm. I think that in our soul we have our meant purpose and in life it is essentially our job to understand what our passion is and to live that passion and serve the world which is exactly what Varna Seva means understanding a problem that the world has and understanding your passions and skills and aligning those two to make the world a better place um my high school headmaster always used to say that the essence of life is in relationships and you know every time I heard that I agreed 100% I think that the relationships that you have in your life really have a huge impact on you know how you are as a person and how successful you are but you know I think that the most important relationship in our lives is ultimately the one that we have with ourselves because you can be surrounded by billionaires but if you have a terrible relationship with yourself and you're always beating yourself down you're never really going to have any type of success I mean how would you describe your relationship with yourself and do you consider that to be one of the five people that you spend your your most of your time with? I mean, yeah, I definitely spend the most time with myself. I do, like, spend a lot of time alone, especially over this break. Like, I was with my family a lot, but I was also with myself, just with my thoughts and um, with my ideas for business. And, like, I was really just looking on how to expand and how to, how to grow these ideas into a possible venture and I came out with one and I think that that's why um, like spending the most time with yourself is effective because you're you're like building your confidence and you're like when you interact with other people you're not deterred by what they feel or what they think Mm -hmm. and you're uh, building your internal confidence to feel more confident in what you think and uh, what your ideas are mm-hmm. yeah one thing I'd like to point out too when I when we talk about spending time with ourselves 
that doesn't mean just like being by yourself. That means not watching TV, not being on your phone and literally just sitting with yourself and being comfortable in your own air. A lot of people can't really sit here and just be perfectly fine and sit in a chair. I know for me, before I started meditating, if you try and meditate for the first time and you never have done it before, you can't sit still for 10 minutes is probably even a struggle without moving. It's like, you just feel like, oh, you feel anxious and you have all these emotions. So like when we're talking about spending time with yourself, that really means just being with yourself and your thoughts and literally talking to yourself in your head. I think that's like, I know for me during my gap year, that was one of the things that I spent a ton of time doing. I really got to know myself. I really got to understand my passions. And I think that I am only able to be successful in what I do is because I'm able to spend time with myself and I understand myself. Without that relationship with myself, I don't think that I'd be able to do anything else that I do in my life. No, I think that's important to know yourself because then you figure out what your strengths are. And when you know what your strengths are, you can play uh, play them as an advantage. Mm-hmm. And when you have them as an advantage, then you know, like, there's limitless possibilities. Um, I think that just like knowing who you are, it really creates a base for you because then you could do you could like narrow down the list of things you want to do. So like a lot of people when they get out of college, they don't really know what they want to do. Um, when they get into college, why do you think that is? I feel like they're like indecisive and there's like their mind is everywhere and they have like some people want to do five different jobs at once and they they're like they have the same amount of interest for everything at like every different job. But uh you're not going to make it in every different field that you try, so you have to really like focus and narrow down which one you want to go into. And um for me I saw that I like really like fitness and I really like exercise. So I decided to try to innovate in that space and we're going to see how it goes, but it's an adventure and I feel like it's something that is meaningful to me because I'm passionate about it. So I think that really creates that drive. Yeah. I think one of the big things for me that I'd really like to explore on this podcast is really just the idea of transitions from high school to college and even more specifically college to the workforce. Because from what I can see, you know, every single person that you ask, they want to be rich. There's very few people that will say they don't want to be rich. However, I think that people want to be rich because They see the lifestyle that rich people live and they want the external things that they have. I think that I know we're going to talk about this at a later date, like process versus end goal. Mm -hmm. People are more happy. I know for myself, I'm more happy when I'm doing when I'm out in the field landscaping, when I'm cutting grass, because I love the process and I'm not made happy because I make a lot of money off of it. I am happy every day because I love what I'm doing. And I think that, you know, a lot of people choose jobs for the wrong reasons. They choose jobs for money and they sacrifice passion for something or enjoyment for something for the paycheck. But, you know, if you're doing something that you hate every single day, 
even if you are making a lot of money, you work 50 weeks out of 52 a year. That's very little time that, you know, the money is really doing things for you. Sure, you can get a nice house, you can get a nice car. But at the end of the day, the satisfaction from those things wears off. That's pleasure. That's not satisfaction. That's not fulfillment. And I think that the conversation around choosing jobs after college really needs to change. And I think that's something that I love to focus a lot of attention on throughout this podcast and the coming episodes. No, we're definitely going to talk about process over results. And um, I feel like for me personally, passion drives that process. If you're passionate about what you do, then you'll want to stay consistent. You'll want to keep going through all the ups and the downs. Um, I know for like taking it off from us, uh, uh, for my for my family, my cousin is she's like a newly minted entrepreneur, and she's gone through a lot of a uh, lot of struggles in her company, and she's really persevered. And this is like her third year of her company, and she's actually getting off the ground now. It's been two years of hard work, but sometimes it takes that. And sometimes it takes that struggle to really realize that I'm doing the right thing and I'm doing it for the right reasons. And this is what I'm passionate about and this is why I'm doing it. Yeah, I think that entrepreneurship, it seems glorious on paper in terms of, you know, there's pretty much no cap on the amount of money that you can make. But it is a really difficult process, I think. You know, at first for me, you know, last summer specifically, there were days where I was working 14 hours outside doing manual labor and then I would come home and have to do more work because there's financial things that need to be done there's operational things that need to be done and it's really it is a very rigorous process I think for the first couple years and you know if you're not passionate about it then it's likely that you're not going to be able to persevere through those challenges which is part of the reason why it is so important to understand your passion and I think that you understand your passion from meditating and spending time with yourself We'll talk a ton more about this later, but yeah. I mean, yeah, that was a lot of thoughts, and I feel like we're going to encapsulate all that into coming episodes of our podcast, and stay tuned, I guess. Yeah, I guess, I guess we can close it out with maybe one tip that we can leave people with. Um, you can ask me a question that you come up with, and I'll ask you a question. I guess my question for today would be... Um, what would you recommend to someone who's a sophomore in college, same age as you, who is kind of lost and not sure what to do, and they're looking to get going in a positive direction? What would you recommend to them? Um, I really recommend finding what you're passionate at. And like Ryan said, meditation is probably one of the best tools for that. And um, I'd look at what you're passionate at, see if there's any problems in that industry, um, see if there's anything that requires fixing, or see if there's something that you personally feel needs improvement. And I would really look into whether that's product or service-based business, how you can affect change in that industry. And I feel like that's, that's like the best way to start at least. And once you put your foot in the door, I know Alex Ramosi says this a lot, once you put your foot in the door, then, like, you find out and, like, kind of keep going from there. But you have to put your foot in the door first. And that's, like, the first step towards getting to the goals you want to achieve. 
Yeah, along those lines too, he always says, you cannot fail if you do not give up. So know that we're going to talk about struggle a lot, I think, in the coming episodes as well. But know that exactly what Hermosi says, if you do not, you cannot fail if you do not give up. So if you continually persevere at something, eventually you will get results. You may have to iterate the process and pivot here and there. But if you do not give up, then eventually you will succeed. And I guess just one more note I put on that is, you know, really embrace spending time alone. A lot of times our life can be negative because we're surrounded by negative influences. And sometimes it takes complete reset. And it's uncomfortable to acknowledge that you may need to give up things that you've known your whole life and been so comfortable with your whole life in order to achieve something else. I think for me, that was one of the biggest things I had to get over in terms of, you know, hockey and my friends from hockey. I really had to, you know, that was a really hard decision for me to pretty much forego hockey to pursue entrepreneurial ventures. But I think that's one thing that I would recommend is just spend time with yourself and understand that some hard decisions are going to need to be made if you're serious about this process. All right, so I guess I'll ask you a question. Um, speaking about struggle, I mean, struggle is going to be a topic of our next episode. Um, how have you, can you give one example you've personally struggled entrepreneurially and uh, how you've overcame it? Could be small, could be big. Yeah, so I guess this is, uh, this is somewhat industry specific. Um, so, you know, I started last year really expanding quite a bit to, you know, a lot of new customers that I didn't really know. And, you know, some people are good and some people are bad. I think one of the things that I had to learn is that I guess at first it's good to take on any customers. But one of the things I learned is that there are bad customers and there are good customers and that, you know, as you grow as a company, it's very advantageous for you to identify who your good customers are and focus exclusively on serving your good customers because you know i had bad customers who wouldn't pay me for weeks i had to track them down and there are legal issues that come and you know it opened my eyes to a lot of things but i think that finding a good customer is super advantageous i think are people who are just starting out too one thing to consider is consider the people that you're serving um you know, your customer persona may shift a little bit from who you intend to serve at first. But, you know, solve a problem that people have. I think business really is the most successful businesses are solving problems for people that happen again and again and again. If you think of something like silly bands, for example, that's not solving a problem that people have. And they, they ultimately go out of business. There are numerous businesses who, you know, they're fads. They're cool, but they might not always stick. And, you know, just figuring out who you're serving and why you're serving them is something that I think is super important. And it can help you down the line, make more money and avoid some problems and legal issues with dealing with bad customers. No, yeah, I mean, definitely knowing um, what you're doing and who you're serving creates that sustainability. And, um, keeping good relations with your customers also 
uh, retains that sustainability because you're retaining those customers, you're retaining that stream of cash flow. So uh, I think yeah, it's yeah, a good, good episode, and we're gonna wrap it up here. Yeah, I look forward to you know really getting more into this. I think that this first episode was honestly exciting for me. I think that there's a lot of avenues that we can consider, and I'm excited to you know, help people like, again, like that customer idea, I'm excited to help people in their entrepreneurial journeys by sharing the experiences and things that I've learned through my own hands-on experiences, as well as, you know, something that we talked about earlier, podcast listening and reading books and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we, that's how we've gotten educated and we're trying to uh, do our best to share our journey and potentially educate some some young listeners as well yeah awesome thanks for uh listening and we look forward to having you tune in next time